Welcome kings, queens, everyone in between, sinners, saints, and I don't know if I is or I ain't. This is another episode of Yas Jesus. I am your host, Azariah. Danny is out for the day, but we are joined with our freaking Deacon Ross Murray. Say hi, Ross. Hello. <laughs> hi there. And here at Yes Jesus, we believe more than ever. That God does not just love the queens. God loves the kings, too. That's right. No matter if you're a king, queen, or in between, you are loved and you are welcomed here. Little princesses well, and princes and dukes and earls. I just finished watching Bridgerton, so I'm very into like dukes and earls and ladies and queens. I'm, ladies I'm all for and lords. Right ladies and lords. <laughs> I love some ladies and lords. Oh, yes. Yes. This, is, this episode is all about kings and queens and ladies and lords. So this is good. This is good. It's, it's thematic. Yes. That's right. All right, let's jump right into our big question is. Yeah, I've got a story. There's been drama going on this week when we're recording this. So the National Cathedral is a part of the Episcopal Church. It's in Washington, D.C., and it's kind of called the National Cathedral because it's in D.C., and so let's just claim it for the nation. But this week, they put themselves in a really messy spot when they invited Max Lucado to mm. preach there. Um, is it February. Lucado or is it Lucado? I don't actually care. Which means <laughs> right, I don't exactly. know. <laughs> Me either, honey. I just <laughs> potato, potato. Who cares? I, I know. I, I, I've, I've never heard his name said because I know him from writing like devotional books, and then mm -hmm. people would always like you know read these like devotions by Max. Mm -hmm. Lucado, yeah. yeah. He's like um, McDonald's theology. Drive-through yeah, I mean, theology. Yeah. He, so yeah and, they, he's, and, and like McDonald's, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. In your Walmart, in your Sam's Club. So mm -hmm. he, National Cathedral is in hot water because they invited him to yes. speak? He has, I mean, this is not, probably not shocking. He has an anti-LGBTQ history. Mm -hmm. He had this blog post that was on Crosswalk where he called homosexuality a sexual sin and suggested that marriage equality could lead to things like polygamy or incest. Mm -hmm. um, and wow. what's interesting, I went to go find it. It has been taken down at his request, <laughs> maybe because of this. Um, yeah. And, and what's weird is that the, the National Cathedral has been really vocal in supporting LGBTQ people. In my day job at GLAAD, I have worked with folks at the National Cathedral. They, like, go purple for Spirit Day. Mm -hmm. They'll do all sorts of great stuff. So this makes the, like, Lucado, the Lucado uh, invitation, like, more of a weird or stunning or, like, a little slap in the face. It, 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 mm -hmm. it was weird. Um, and folks, folks spoke out. There was really intense criticism. Um, and they kind of stood by like, no, we want to have the marketplace of all the ideas and let's let them in. And so then what they did was they got Gene Robinson, the first gay bishop in the mm -hmm. Episcopal Church, to Love preside her. at the same service. So yeah. like, oh, well, we'll put like a gay in the same service. So it'll be OK. <laughs> so so are they is Max Lucado Lucado tomato tomato? And Gene Robinson going to be at this in the same service then? So they were, yes. yes oh, this service, already happened. Okay. It happened. So okay. they did the service. Um, what I saw, people were like, so they just got like Gene Robinson to sort of like be there and be gay and be like, hi, let me the counter to the other guy you're hearing. Um, and it didn't stop any of the criticism. 
After the service, though, the dean of the cathedral uh, put out a formal apology. Um, okay. And I'm, I'm going to read a little segment of what he said, because it was actually, okay. it was in terms of apologies, I've, I've been around my fair share of non-apologies, and this, mm-hmm. I thought, was, was much better. It, so mm-hmm. this is what he said. In my straight privilege, I failed to see and fully understand the pain he has caused. I fail to appreciate the depth of injury his words has had on so many in the LGBTQ community. I feel I failed to see the pain I was continuing. Mm. I was wrong and I am sorry. That's a powerful apology. Not bad, right? Yeah. I think that was good. Yeah. Um, and then even more so, Max Lucado put out something of an apology. Probably a little, okay. little a little more watered down, but so so here's, here's what Mexico said. I now see that in that sermon, I was disrespectful. I was hurtful. I wounded people in ways that were devastating. It grieves me that my words have hurt or been used to hurt the LGBTQ community. I apologize to you and ask the forgiveness of Christ. Wow. So was this, did he say this after his speech with, at National Cathedral or before? He said after, and I know he said like in that sermon, I'm pretty sure he means an older sermon, um, like not the one I just, the one right, I just Right, gave. right, right, right. Um, the what, the yeah. one that he, he's, has said, you know, co- the, consequential the things. And, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, it, so, I mean, it's a, I'm sorry if my words were hurtful kind of apology. Uh-huh. Which is a different type of apology. Right. So if you, if you know what you said is wrong, where is your theology now? And what are you going to do in your work now to correct your wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, how are you yeah. going to now speak to those same people that you spoke that message to and say, correct the record, really? You know, yeah. we got the message that you're sorry because we're the ones paying attention. But what about everyone that's buying your book at Walmart? You know? Yeah. I, w- I want the next book to be like God's rainbow love for all God's little queer kids. Something <laughs> that's like right. That. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't Nothing think but his the mind, best. I know. I, I don't think his mind has changed. Even in his statements, he said he still believes in what he's calling the traditional biblical understanding of marriage. So mm-hmm. there's... He, He's got work to do, but you know mm-hmm. what? Let him do the work and then maybe he'll get there and then maybe he'll get there in like a really, really good place. Maybe he should start listening to this podcast and yeah. he will pick up some of the pearls of wisdom that you and Danny do on a regular basis. And I get to do this week. Yes. Yeah. And let's add him to our prayer <laughs> report. Yes. So that is a great time for us to transition into our praise report and prayer request where we give praise for the things that um, we have been blessed for uh, this past week and prayer for the things that we need to offer up to God. So I'm going to put Max Lucado Lucado potato potato on mine. <laughs> I'm, I've got a prayer request. It's, it's, it's a good prayer request. So this week, members of my family got their COVID shot. And I'm, I am praying that this is more and more true for people that are listeners and folks that are out there. Um, I know this has been very slow in rolling out. I've been very anxious about it. My sister's a teacher. She has an immunocompromised child. Mm-hmm. And then my, my parents are both over 70. In fact, my mother just had her birthday and turned 70. Um, and so knowing that they got their first shot um, was so much of a relief. For me, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that I realized, like, the anxiety that I felt for them 
is the same thing that I can imagine all of these other like people are worried about their parents or their grandparents or their aunts or their uncles. Um, so my prayer is that this rollout keeps happening faster, mm-hmm. more efficient, reaching the people that need it. And then also, quite frankly, reaching the rest of us, because I want mm-hmm. my own vaccine shot and I want to be able to go outside. Well, for those listening, um, I I know that it's in the news. You can go re- do this, find this information yourself. We have um, the Biden administration has secured up to 300 million vaccines by the end of july i believe it is so you know keep staying safe you know you know stay in your little tribe and move about this world safely during this time until you too can get your vaccine mm-hmm. all right so i have a praise report ross okay what is it this was so exciting for me little teenager azariah was like ready to put posters of grace baldridge all over my bedroom walls because grace baldridge goes by an artist name uh known as similar s-e-m-l-e-r and she became the first out queer christian to top the itunes christian charts wow so we now have an out queer person that is (laughs) Move along, Lauren Daigle, with your super spreader events. Sorry, I'm just going to say it. Uh, We have an out queer Christian who is now taking up space and creating a place at that table for us to tell our stories because our stories are just as valid and worth being told. So congrats to Grace Baldridge, known as the artist Similar, S-E-M-L-E-R. I'm spelling it because I want you to get on your phones right now and Google and stream that album right now. It is a beautiful, well-written uh, piece of work, and we're going to have her on the show. So yes. I'm excited for that. So yes. that's my praise report for this week. But we have so much more, especially everyone's favorite song, coming right up right after this. Guess what, Azzy? Are you excited? I'm excited. Our freaking deacon, Ross Murray, has written a book. Yeah, and this book needs to be on the desk of every minister. The experience and wisdom found in Ross Murray's book titled Made, Known, Loved, Developing LGBTQ Inclusive Youth Ministry and published by Fortress Press was cultivated through The Naming Project, a ministry created at the intersection of youth, faith, and LGBTQ identity. Listen to this, Danny. A survey conducted by the Public Religion Research Institute reveals 70% of millennials believe that religious groups are alienating young adults by being too judgmental about gay and lesbian issues. Furthermore, nearly one-third of millennials who left their childhood faith stated it was due to negative teachings or negative treatment of gays and lesbians. Every minister needs this book. Whether you like it or not, LGBTQ people will always be in the church. And our ministers need to be equipped with how to show up for us. Pre-order the book Made Known Loved, Developing the LGBTQ Inclusive Youth Ministry with your favorite bookstore or online store today. Visit madeknownlove.org to learn more. And we are back. And guess what it is time for, Azariah? It's my sister's Bobby's favorite time. <laughs> favorite time. Here we go. The scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. Scripture of the day. It's so, so food. food. 
that was for Danny for writing that, was for that Danny. song. <laughs> yeah, that that was beautiful. I I hope that's He's with us in spirit in that song today. <laughs> exactly. And our, our scripture today comes from First Corinthians chapter thirteen. And why did I not type what the verses were? But there are <laughs> verses somewhere there too. Azariah, what is it? Honey, I should have that verse memorized. It is, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. A tinkling cymbal. Mm-hmm. So uh, I may know the language of angels. I may, I may be able to speak the tongues of man. But if I am without love and compassion and kindness, girl, it's like listening to someone just clanging some cymbals in your ear. It's not cute. It doesn't matter what the translation is. If there's not love behind it, it's not going to mean anything. That's right. That's so true. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, now that if you've all listened to a few of these episodes, you know that here at Yes Jesus, we are very much into Bible wondering. Mm hmm. One thing we are learning is that the translation makes a difference. And if you haven't heard our episode about 1946, the movie, well, it's significant because it shows a behind-the-scenes look at how the Bible translations are made and how the word homosexual got into the Bible. Translations really challenge the notion of the plain sense of Scripture, since our translations choose words that often have different meanings. Yes. So if... Honestly, if you're not reading either the original Greek in the New Testament or the Hebrew in the Old Testament, then you are always looking through someone else's translation and mm-hmm. therefore their interpretation. I mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories in seminary was taking a New Testament class with a professor who could read Greek and just translate it in his head. And none of us could do that, right? And so he's just like, reading Greek text and saying stuff out loud. And we're all following along some English translation. (laughs) And then every so often he would get to a word that he, he didn't, he couldn't translate and he would stop. And he's like, um, what do your Bible say? And some student would like shout out a word. He's like, Oh no, that's wrong. That, that word's not right. And he's telling you like the words that are written in their Bible is wrong, which I think Mm is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the most popular and enduring translations of the Bible is the King James Version. (laughs) Excuse me. Sorry. Do you you remember the King James Version? What did you have in your church? Was that like, was that the staple of your church? It's it's part of that whole just evangelical world. I remember there's this one guy in my church who was so angry adamant that we use the King James version because it was the most accurate and the most, you know, whatever. It was the most holy one, you know, and ugh, it, so yeah, King James, very familiar with her, that queen. And if people are not familiar with the King James version, this is the version that has all the these and thou's and mm-hmm. thines. So it's it's like combining the Bible with Shakespeare mm-hmm. um, and always like, and there's some fun, like today we just don't talk this way, which reading them becomes really fun. Like tinkling symbol is not what it says in any of the <laughs> translations that I use today. Like that's, that's a King James term. Um, and there's some others that are fun. I went through and I pulled out some that I thought sounded the most interesting. So I, I want us just to read a couple. Um, can you put on your best, like 
British accent, you know, um, King James version and see if we can, we can do these. So you, you take the first one. Buckle up, kids. This is going to be a rough ride. Okay, here we go. Acts 4, 11 through 12. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Ooh, that's really good. I, I feel like I've been trans, transported back in time. That's good. Um, listen, okay, try this one. Matthew okay. 26, uh, verse 64. Jesus saith unto him, thou hast said, <laughs> nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter shall ye be the son of man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. I kind of went a little Irish at the end of that, but that's me doing accents. Here's another one. Luke 22, 31 through 32. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. That's compelling. Like, yeah, Kenneth Branagh or like Ian McKellen could be reading these. This is good. And then just because just because I am a 12 year old at heart and and, and coded sex jokes are good. I pulled out a Song of Solomon and hear what that sounds like in King James Version. So Song of Solomon, chapter seven, verse eight. I said, I will go up to the palm tree and I will take hold of the boughs thereof. Mm. Now also thy breasts shall be as clusters of the vine and the smell of thy nose like apples. Well, Song of Solomon, come on over. We we got to do a whole Song of Solomon (laughs) episode. There's a Uh, yeah, we do (laughs) the hot and heavy Song of Solomon. But then but add a add a add a 16th century English accent onto it. And who knew? (laughs) Who knew? Um. For so long, for more than 500 years, like the King James Version has been considered the definitive translation of the Bible. This is like what was the standard. Yeah. Um, like I, I shared earlier, that guy in my church, he wanted to keep that 500 year tradition alive and well, you know? Yeah. I, I had a college roommate um, who was much more conservative, much more conservative denomination. And I came out to him as gay. He was mm-hmm. very nice about it. He was really good. Um, he mentioned, and he talked about, my church isn't probably going to be that accepting. Um, but then he told me, there's a guy that was really mad that we put um, NIV or New International Version translations in the pews and said, if the King James Version was good enough for St. Paul, it's good enough for us. <laughs> and of course, oh my God. Paul didn't speak English. Not even the Queen's English, and then the King James Version came out well, well, well after Paul lived. But but I've heard versions like that said before. But damn it, it was good for Paul. So it was it's good, good for, for Paul. Yes, yeah. yeah. I want to speak just like Paul did in Elizabethan English. That's what I want. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, well, King James is also one of the favorite translations for our lovely friends who are homophobes um (laughs) so they they push for it they like it because oh yeah yeah i I think because the language you know especially with our eurocentric uh you know 
framework that we have, uh, it, it makes them feel that holier than thou you know it makes them feel like they're elevated in some way so when they read leviticus eighteen twenty two, they're able to say thou shall not lie with mankind as with womankind it is an abomination oh, well honey, yeah abomination was never the real original word so but we'll get into that later right right <laughs> well and they i mean they double down there's more there's more of this so look, two chapters later leviticus 20 verse 13 if a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. When you read that, do you like, like, do you feel that like that, that just that language gives you that elevation oh. of status? Yeah. I, you oh, know? I, if I speak like that, I, especially those verses. I feel like I've condemned someone to death, like, and I've done it, like, in the most dignified and righteous way possible. Here's another one they like to use. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteousness... Or no, let me start again. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminates, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. You know, my pastor used to say abusers of themselves with mankind meant masturbation. That's how she got me convinced that masturbating was wrong. Oh, that's abuser? <laughs> so wait, masturbating is abusing yourself? Because That's what she taught me during I... conversion therapy. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I, I categorize it as the opposite of abuse, quite frankly. So, yeah, it's, it's I agree. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. But so here's the thing that homophobes don't realize. Mm -hmm. King James, the King James, that the King James version is named after the person, the king. Um, he was a big flaming homo. James. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we're going to we are messing up some minds here. Like in a good way, in the best way possible. We are deconstructing some history here. So, this, King this James. is like like we had we had 1946 and now uh -huh. we're having um I don't know a good year right now, 1607. Like yeah. this is the, the next version where something like this came. The era of my ancestor John Southworth, Saint John Southworth, might I add. Uh, and so King James is the one who ordered this translation of the Bible. And he himself was family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, it gets so much more scandalous than that. It, King James it had sugar in his tank. He was, yes. Oh, yes. He Light in the loafers. Of, he was a friend of Dorothy. He <laughs> lived friend somewhere. Of Dorothy. He was All of the, the euphemisms. Yeah. He had a very special friend or few. Um, he was, so, so, so first of all, just for folks that don't realize, like, uh -huh. so King James, um, he was the king of Scotland and Engl okay. England and Ireland. Um, kind of all separately and then sort of brought them together. He was the queen, he was the son of Mary, Queen of Scots, and the great great grandson of Henry the Seventh, um, Lord of England and King of England and Lord 
of Ireland. So, like, he was in the lineage um, and picked up being king after Queen Elizabeth because she had no children. Okay. Okay. And I'm just... I wouldn't know this, listeners. I would not know this without Ross's notes here. It So, James was not just a lover of men. Um, he also had a wife, which mm-hmm. was Anne of Denmark. And so maybe he was bisexual or just, you know, maybe he needed to pump out a few kids to keep the bloodline going. We don't know. There are mixed oriented marriages yes. for a variety of reasons. And in that time, um, bloodline is important. Like maybe just yeah. like put your feelings on the shelf and make sure you're going to have a kid. So that was the, much more yeah. normal that day, that mentality. Just think if, if, if Lord Southworth hadn't done that 500 years ago, you and I would never be having this conversation right now. You are not wrong. It, it, it's it's saint southwood saint, oh I'm, i apologize i i i, genu- I genuflect and kiss your ring okay <laughs> thou dost not know <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god okay <laughs> so he had lovers but my favorite quote that i found when i was researching this is that mm-hmm. sir walter raleigh made a joke about him and um Caught would keep caught would say King Elizabeth has been succeeded by Queen James um, because of course Elizabeth was also was unmarried so what's her orientation we don't know right so Sir Walter Riley if you're a sir you're part of the royal court mm-hmm. so it means that there was that rumor the gossip the talk of the town within the royal court the knowledge that King James was in fact a queen. Yeah, I th- I think from what I could find, it was like open knowledge. This was not a like secret clandestine affair. This mm-hmm. information was pretty easy to find. This was a Wikipedia search. Okay, okay. So well documented and referenced we, and, and cited. And we know the lovers. Like we can name them, and we and we will name. Okay. Them. So I see here one of King James's first known lover was Esme Stewart first duke of lennox so this is what's written about them from the time that he was 14 years old and no more that is when the lord Stuart came into scotland even then he began to clasp someone in the embraces of his great love above all others and that james became in such love with him as in the open sight of the people, often he will clasp him about the neck with his arms and kiss him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is so, like, oh, there's there's some open affection happening here. And, and, and this is, he's young. This is a kid. 14 years old. 14 yeah. years old. Wow. So, 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 so Ismay Stewart could be a creep. Um, or mm-hmm. someone that just wants to be connected to power and let me be a good, wise, older daddy type for you because I mm-hmm. can um, stay in your good graces and you are the king. I- wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, honestly, at 14, when I was 14, I was arrested for stealing dildos. So, I mean, if, if a king had come along... <laughs> I'm like, hey, Azariah, you know, for, you don't have to break into homes and steal dildos anymore. You can just like come live in the castle. I'll take care of you. You know, I would have been like, OK, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> is that too much? But honestly, so like I can kind of relate to Ismay if that was his intention behind it. You know, make me a duke. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's, there's an appeal there. I, so the other one, my favorite, this is um, his next lover. He did not stay with is May forever. So we had another lover named Robert Carr. Um, and the history I found was they met at the meat market mm-hmm. in 1607. <laughs> oh, that's the name of a new gay bar. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. They met at a gay bar in London called the meat market um, in 1607 and, and, um, and at a Royal jousting contest. Mm, hot. Yes. And Carr was not from his horse and broke his leg. And James fell in love with him because he was injured um, and took pity on him. And then as the years went on, just kept giving Carr these like gifts over and over from the castle. So James was a sugar daddy. Yes. So we have gone from Ismay, like, uh-huh. hey, let me go take care of you, 14-year-old, and, and you fall in love with me. And now James is like older in his power and his wealth and like, okay, let me take care of you, poor mm-hmm. little broken-legged jouster, River wow. Carr. What a fun way to meet a lover. <laughs> okay, so there's the last known lover was his favorite, and that was the Duke of Buckingham. Today, if you visit Westminster Abbey, you can see King James and Duke Buckingham buried side by side. Isn't that sweet? Wow. They are I mean, buried together. I still don't like King James. Forever. He was, I mean, he, he preyed upon the young. Not cool. And he seems to have used his position of power and influence to gain lovers um, and then uses his power and influence to, well, we'll talk about that later. But I hope with the Duke of Buckingham, maybe he found some authentic love, healthy love, maybe. Hopefully like we can pray. Healthy, healthy companionship. Healthy companionship. He needed it. Homegirl yeah. needed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and here's the, here's the thing. You would think that being like such a poofter himself, I'm trying to use British language now since we're talking about the Brits, um, that James, King James would have been way more open and tolerant about LGBTQ issues or whatever they would have called that um, in the mm-hmm. 1600s. But but it's not true. Um, James cracks down on sodomy laws under English law. And he mm-hmm. wrote a book that listed sodomy among what he called those horrible crimes which ye are bound in conscience never to forgive. Wow. Internalized homophobia much? Period. Exactly. He named sodomy specifically in a directive that told judges to interpret the law broadly and not issue any pardons. And again, here's another quote saying, no more color, no, no more color, may be left to judges to work upon their wits in that point. I love that it's documented that he didn't use just color, C-O-L-O-R. He used color. Yes, C-O-L-O-R. he was also, also French-Canadian. Okay, 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 okay. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. But James sponsored also the new translation of the Bible, the one that was eventually named after him. And he did the translation because he became king when England, Ireland, and Scotland were all still fighting over religion. And King 
King Henry VIII had famously converted himself and the whole country from Catholicism to Protestantism. I have a hard time saying that word. His next in line, Mary Tudor, Bloody Mary, converted it back to Catholicism. James decided to do a translation that could help bring all the factions together. It was a work of scholarship that drew a little from the different Christian traditions in England at the time. So, this cannot be overstated. The King James Bible is one of the most printed books ever mm. in history. And, and the translation of the King James Bible transformed the English language. We, like, we got phrases like the root of all evil came mm. from the King James Bible. Um, yeah. And we still say it today. Yeah, I know I say it, especially during the Trump administration. I was saying it a lot. Um, but a lot of people think that the word sodomy came from the King James Version, and it did not. But it did appear in the new King James Version. The original King James Version translated the Greek word malakoi as effeminate, where the new King James Version started using sodomite. Yeah, and, and in the, the earlier, you read the verse that used effeminate. Because um, that was from the King James Version. But yeah, after mm-hmm. a while, they decided to replace that with sodomite, which is a completely other made-up term that we can get into later once we research where and how that showed up in English language. But, uh, but it, it was not, it's not a King James original. Yeah, we definitely need to look up, do an episode about sodomite and the origination of that word. So that way we have better context um, when using it and reading about it, especially in the new King James Version. We're giving ourselves all sorts of episode ideas. We need a whole episode just about Leviticus because Leviticus (laughs) is a whole messed up book in and of itself. And I've kind of been avoiding it. But at some point, we'll have to get we'll have to get to Leviticus. But I'm glad we've done what we've done first. Yeah, yeah. So what we know today after all of this information is that we had a queer king uh, who persecuted LGBTQ people, kept his own lovers, and then sponsored the Bible that was used against LGBTQ people for years. That is wild. Yeah. That that is that is hypocrisy at four dimensions right oh, there. Oh, honey, I can't stand oh. the no. Get and, rid of no. You can't be and, honest, you can't lead. And his translation set the tone for the church and for society for years to come. So can you imagine how the translation could have been different if King James could have accepted himself Mm -hmm. and accepted other people like him, people that today we would have called LGBTQ? Can you imagine how different our churches? might have functioned and been and how different all of our lives would have been if there hadn't been this translation that kept pushing the church into a place of homophobia and transphobia and intolerance. It it hinges on the fact that we created this translation is why we're fighting about all the stuff we're fighting about today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when we get angry about the systemic institutionalized uh, things in this, in our world. This is some of the origination, Uh you know, uh, the internalized homophobia of King James gave us a homophobic Bible. Had King James reconciled with his own sexuality, made peace with it, accepted himself. um, 
I mean, he was in charge of how society was run in the time. He could have done the work within himself and then reflected that in his world. And we would have a whole different society, a whole different Bible, um, not a whole different Bible, but I think more of an accurate Bible because he, uh, in my opinion, because he would have been able to read and see himself in it. And he didn't. He chose to read it and interpret it. I don't know if he read it, but maybe he just gave instructions of how to do it when presented with information. But chose to go the route, the path um, that uh, excluded people like us and himself, because that's probably how he felt about himself. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's how it's so much how internal turmoil that really mm-hmm. you think would only impact one person ends up having a ripple mm-hmm. effect on all of the rest of us for, for 500 years after that. Um, which is stunning. stunning. Here we are today, still, yeah. still wrestling with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so for you, for everyone today, for our tithe, our love offering, charity, our act of good, um, we, we want you to find good, affirming translations for yourself. Um, and one place that we'll recommend to check out is something called our Bible app. Um, we're, we're, we're not, it's not a commercial. That is a real recommendation. Um, mm-hmm. It is an affirming uh, app that can bring you scripture every day. Uh, it is going to be something that's going to help you in your journey. Um, mm-hmm. Sojourners, the magazine, calls it a new Bible app for those feeling left out of Christianity, which mm-hmm. is a lot of us. Um, and quite frankly, it would be really nice to have a Bible app that affirms us as queer mm-hmm. Christians. So, and- So check it out. And if you're a stick in the mud like that guy in my church was about King James Version, don't worry, honey. They got the translation on that app, too. Okay, they got all the translations. (laughs) God, we give you praise for Grace Baldridge, the artist known as Similar, with her number one Christian album, Jesus from Texas. Uh, I'm so glad that there's that resource out there and that you offered that inspiration for this album. And um, we pray for Max Lucado Potato Potato um, and the National Cathedral that Max will continue to do the work um, and continue to walk that uh, path that he started with his apology. That's the beginning. And so we, we thank you for um, the opportunity for, for this to come to light and for change to occur. And we pray that your transformative power will now take the wheel from here and continue for the, the growth that needs to be done in all of us. Yes, God. And while Max is doing that work, um, he will be struggling with Scripture. We are all struggling with Scripture. Um, if mm-hmm. Scripture is a roadblock for people, uh, we pray and ask that you open their minds, you open their hearts, you open their eyes to the words of love that you have for all of us, knowing that you have created us and know us and love us. And God, we are praying for those people that are finally, finally getting their COVID vaccine shot. Um, Maybe it's us, Mm -hmm. maybe it's people in our lives, maybe it's our parents or grandparents or cousins or aunts or uncles or siblings. Um, Please help keep this rolling out quicker, faster, more efficiently, calm our anxiety and bring comfort to this world so that we can continue making it a better place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Yes!
Yes Jesus. You can find us on social media at Yes Jesus Pod or on our website at yesjesuspod.com. You can now leave an audio prayer request or praise report on our website, yesjesuspod.com. We would love to share your voice and your prayers on the show, so drop us a line or send us a recording at yesjesuspod.com. Send us your praise reports, your prayer requests, your episode ideas, your guest ideas, or even just a, hey, King James homo, we would love to hear (laughs) from you. Yes, Jesus is hosted by me, Azariah Southworth, and... Normally, Daniel Francesi, but I'm Ross Murray. (laughs) Music, sound, editing, and all things audio are done by Chris Heckman. Our show is produced by me. Special thanks to Sophie Serrano and Meredith Pauly. Yes, Jesus is brought to you by Oddity. Oddity execs are Ryan Lochner, Jessica Bustios, and Steve Michaels. Keep Keep praising the Lord, Lord, (laughs) y'all. We did it. We did it.